0: Show podcast where We're talking about Batman the animated series. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me, as always, is Sean Murphy. And we are here to talk about Batman. Specifically, we will be talking about two episodes of the show today Pretty Poison and the Underdwellers. Mm. So, uh, let's get right into Pretty Poison. Mm. Pretty Poison was, uh, this is a story by Paul Dini and Michael Reeves, teleplay by Tom Ruger, and it was directed by Boyd Kirkland. Uh, and when District Attorney Harvey Dent collapses after a meal with his fiancée Pamela Isley and friend Bruce Wayne, doctors discover that he has been poisoned. Batman must find the culprit and the antidote before the DA's time runs out.
1: Was this the first time that uh, Paul Dini appears
0: on the credits? As far as we go, yeah. Right. I, I Again, I don't know the order. I don't know if these ones are the order they were produced right. or the order or whatever. But right. as far as this order goes, this is the yeah. first time. Yeah. So
1: he, I think he was a writer on Looney Tunes before this. With yeah, he was
0: also on Tiny Tunes with uh, Looney, Bruce th- Timm. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Sorry. So it's interesting to see that he was able to trans- translate to Batman so well because I think for me. Paul Dini was one of the top writers on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and I think his presence here,
0: uh, again, I don't want to suck his dick too much right off the bat here, but it's like, <laughs> it, 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 just to get straight down to it, this is the best episode we've watched so far for me. I right. think uh, yeah. it's does what uh, the Scarecrow episode didn't do. Which is introduce a new villain in a way that's interesting and not just a formulaic mm-hmm. uh, a villain with henchmen heist. Right. Uh, um, Poison Ivy's motivation is clear yeah. and it doesn't feel forced. Right. There's, no, uh, there's no scene in this where, where Poison Ivy takes a minute to explain her, right. her, her villainy to Batman or to whoever.
1: Oh, no? Not even towards the end? She doesn't have any kind of a monologue?
0: Uh, maybe a little bit, but I mean, like, not the way that they did do for the Scarecrow, right. where he takes a minute and he's like, he right. explains his whole history. Right. Or the way Man Bat kind of explains his whole
1: thing. Yeah, that's You get true. to see a lot more of, of Poison Ivy's right. uh, motivation here. Right, right, yeah. Also, we get another episode of Dent that uh, doesn't involve him being Two-Face yet. Right,
0: this is the first, uh, um, for us anyway, in this order, this is the first Harvey Dent episode where he actually has stuff to do.
1: right. Yeah, besides flip, flip a coin nebulously, or ominously, I should say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, favorite, my favorite part about this is uh, uh, they do that flashback where uh, they yeah. set up building <laughs> the uh, breaking ground to build this uh, uh, prison. Yeah. And they refer to it as building a better, safer Gotham. Mm-hmm. And then when they jump forward five years... They have the prison built, and the title card says five years later, a better, safer Gotham. Like, yeah. they're taking a swipe at the
1: politics of right. their own fictional characters. And uh, I noticed it's also at night, and Gotham looks a lot more scary Yeah, a better, safer Gotham. Like, yeah. clearly it's not better and safer. Yeah, that's, that's a cool.
0: big-ass prison, too. Yeah, it looks I don't like know. a boat. Yeah, I don't know where that is in relation to anything else, but yeah. there's a lot of uh, real estate
1: there. Yeah, it's like a Rikers Island of, of Gotham, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah.
0: So, uh, what do you think about, how do you feel about Poison Ivy as uh, the character, as the way that she's designed and and the way that they present her. Um,
1: Yeah, I I really thought she was effective. I'm having trouble understanding certain parts of her, but the stuff I loved is, uh, I think they based her off of Disney animation. I Mm -hmm. read somewhere, and um, the guy who created her, or created her look, was able to really give it that... um, I I think their worry was that Bruce Timm's stuff wasn't lending itself to women at the time, Mm -hmm. and I think even he himself said, I'm glad we hired this guy. That's interesting because, I mean, uh, you you he does
0: a lot of yeah. f- women drawings now. He, yeah. Um, I know he does a lot of, like, pin-up stuff. Yeah,
1: I hope I... I, have, I might have that wrong. I thought I read that in one of those... It was a book that came out about this series that mm-hmm. talked about the toys and everything about it, really. And I think he said that, but I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the sci-fi plants. I think that's... even though that's a little uh, pulpy and a little... It could go wrong very badly for me, or it could be... Um, a little bit much but for some reason I like the monster plants it's a nice way to show some different kinds of animation yeah I know that doesn't exist in real life but that this is the kind of thing where I'm okay with that um, if it's used effectively I like that she's an eco-terrorist mm-hmm. um, I like that she's <clears throat> sexy but she's not she's not like offensively sexual at least in this cartoon I always right. saw her as sort of empowered um, and she's answering to plants and her own ideals not to what what men think about her Right, um, and I really love any scene that takes place in a greenhouse. I don't know what it is about this series, but every time Batman enters a greenhouse, I think it's cool. Yeah, how about right. you? I think I, I like the
0: way they handle her a lot. Um, costume wise, I think it's it's a better first draft than Scarecrow was. Yeah, but I still think it feels first draft. Like it's her her costume here is actually uh, pretty reminiscent of the way she looked in her first appearance in the comics. Right. Like back in the sixties or yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, but due to the animation constraints. You know, she, she's usually covered in leaves and stuff and vines, but that's a pain in the ass yeah. to animate. So yeah, she's yeah. just sort of like dressed in a green leotard. Yep. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which, you know, it right. works. Uh, especially because she doesn't have... I mean, she's got the... In, in this one, they don't delve too deeply into what she can and can't do or mm-hmm. whether or not she has any weird powers or anything. I think now the mm-hmm. they generally treat Ivy as though she has like telekinetic uh, uh, mind link with plants or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and in this one, she's very much sort of just like a crazy yeah. scientist.
1: Yeah, she has, like... Her plants seem to have free will. They sort of do what she asks, but I, I don't know if she can converse with them or control them with her mind. They seem to be down with her agenda, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I really like that they... um, uh, They play her as, as a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, she has... She comes off as an... It, it, she comes off as a, a normal character, a normal person, until the plants are involved. Yeah. Like, there's a scene towards the end where she accidentally shoots her own plant. Right. And she, like, almost has a mental breakdown.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, that was one thing that I wondered about her, was why is she like this? Mm-hmm. Is she just a, a disturbed botanist? I don't know. I mean, they, they don't give us enough in this episode to really yeah. to really go off of it. They never um, really do. That, that was my one thing with her, was that maybe, I don't know what her motivation would be, but... A, a, a lover gave her a flower that, then, you know, he died. And, I don't know. Some some kind of messed up quick history. Like, it just doesn't yeah. seem to be enough that she's crazy and she's crazy for plants. Well, I know in the comics, uh, because I, I looked it up before we started,
0: um, it's sort of like that where right. uh, she's involved with uh, this other doctor, uh, romantically, I think, mm-hmm. and he's doing all this testing on animal, uh, plant toxins or whatever. Right. And he injects her with it against her will and right. then she develops this... You know, poison consistency, and oh. then they kind of that kind of spews off from there. They're actually, uh, when they redid her origin after Crisis on Infinite Excuse Me, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. Uh, Neil Gaiman actually wrote it, and he tied it into Swamp Thing. Hmm. So she actually was working at the same oh. uh, university with Alec Holland, who later becomes Swamp Thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I think from there, it, it, I think she started off as just sort of right a crazy scientist with a little bit of a tweak and. Right. Over the past 30 years or so, she's yeah, become yeah. kind of a yeah. whole different monster.
1: Yeah, it's funny. When a lot of these characters were invented a long time ago, it was enough just to be the crazy plant lady. Yeah. And you had superpowers, and that was enough. Now I feel like we demand more. We need a backstory. It needs to be grounded and believable or something. You know.
0: Well, I think <clears> in this one specifically, the thing that really stands out to me about this episode is I don't feel like you need that backstory for her as much Right. Because what they give you is enough to tell the story they're telling. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a straightforward uh, um, villain and henchman thing. Like right. with the Scarecrow one, it's pretty. it was pretty cut and dried, pretty formulaic. With right. this one, it's actually... They're going off the formula and making it more of a mystery. Because mm-hmm. Batman, it's uh, you were talking about the pacing. It's paced really well. Yeah. And yeah. it's really drawn out in, in, in a way that's not common for, for this show up to this point.
1: Right, right. I, uh, I'm curious about... I was thinking about her sexuality, and mm-hmm. um, were you? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I like my female characters to be empowered in their own way. I don't want just TNA characters. Um, so I was thinking about her sexuality because she's clearly designed with sexuality in mind. Mm-hmm. For example, she poisons people by putting on this lipstick that she concocted, which poisons, you know, mostly men. I would mm-hmm. imagine from the cartoon. Yeah, uh, she speaks in a very airy you know, lusty voice. She could wear anything, but she's got some skin showing in... Um, again, I don't think she's TNA at all, but I'm wondering why they injected sexuality into her character. And I don't want the answer to be, well, that's just how she was designed. Like, I wish there was a better answer.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Um, I. Th- well, you know, honestly, I, 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 I guess it has something to do with the idea of... The, the, like, attractive pheromone thing has Mm -hmm. always been part of her deal. Right. Right. And she is very much a character that is focused uh, specifically on men, usually. Right.
1: And, um... Unless it's Harley. Unless it's Harley. Yeah, we'll get into that (laughs) a lot later. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you think it's a negative that they do that? Um, well, so if you fast forward to the Schumacher movie with, um... What's-her-face playing Poison Ivy? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I recall, and I've only seen that movie once, thank God, um, that uh, she is more sexual and overt, and it's more of a look-at-me, look-at-me type of vibe. Yeah. Whereas this version doesn't have that. I mean, it's there, but it's not her main attribute. Her main thing is plants and poisons, which she uses effectively because she's smart and makes these chemicals or whatever. She is crazy, but um, her sexuality, she doesn't wear on her sleeve quite in the same way that uh, she did in the Schumacher movie
0: right the Schumacher movie she's really I mean it, it's the so K- camp. boys yeah it's so yeah. over the top and she's never uh, there's never any other side to that she right. always is vamping it up mm-hmm. um, but I feel like here she's very clearly using that as a means to an end right you know right I mean she knows that the way to get to the Playboy district attorney mm-hmm. is to you know be a sexy and go on right. dates with him you know because to get close enough to poison him by kissing him
1: right yeah you know i think the show uh, to, to to broaden the argument a bit the way it treats um you have montoya in there already who was one of my favorite characters she's it's it's good to have a a, a lady a female cop it's great to have one that's a minority and then later or at least in the comic it's revealed that she's gay which mm-hmm. i think is amazing and in my comic i'm using montoya because she's just she's dynamite um and uh, I'm thinking of the other female characters in the show, which you have um, Harley, who is part of a psychologically abusive relationship, you yep. could argue. You've got characters like Red Claw, who are overt um, super feminists, almost in, you know, built like men with really broad shoulders. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Catwoman, who is empowered in her own way, and she's not into Batman, even though he's into her. I mean, I feel like the show is very inclusive to women in an era where it wasn't necessarily a given which I I appreciate. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why this holds up. Um, It's funny to me that uh, now that Harley Quinn is in the mainstream with Arkham Asylum and with Suicide Squad, most of the stuff you find when you Google her is the new Harley, which she looks like a a sexed-up cheerleader. Right. Um, And girls are into her, and um, they they sort of emulate her, which I don't always understand. I'm sure stores like Hot Topic are thrilled that they have the rights to that t-shirt that that Margot wears in the movie. Yeah. But um, the classic Harley, to me, is really way more interesting, more um, slightly more empowered, I guess, and uh, not so sexed up. And it's, it seems like the new one's kind of a step back. Um, sorry, I got kind of off on a tangent there. Yeah, no, I
0: mean, we'll definitely talk about that much more when Harley shows up. But yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's an interesting... Yeah. You know, I, I think you're right. I think they do a good job, at least so far, in this show right. to make the female characters... Uh, empowered and not just throwaways, especially with the villains, because they do a good job with a lot of the villains. Right. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. What, what race is Harvey Dent? Uh, I don't know, because I don't see color, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I only work in black
1: and white. Ha-ha! <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how to answer that. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I noticed in this that he looks like he's half Latino or black but very light mm-hmm. so they have black cops in the show and they're, they're much darker black he's a very light black or mixed or i don't even know the right way to say it but i was thinking um i wonder if they're basing him off of uh lando in oh <laughs> um, yeah or is... harvey dent from uh the um the first movie yeah i mean if they are
0: they're not going very far in his no. direction i don't think but yeah. uh yeah he is kind of uh swarthy. Yeah, that's a word to use. <laughs> Probably a good dancer. <laughs> yeah, he does have a different he's gonna the thing I like about his design is he they didn't just go with another square jaw guy. Right. Like uh Bruce is that way, Gordon is that way. Yeah. And to have another yeah. main character with that same kind of brick jaw. This yeah. is, they give him kind of like a potato face.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny, I my, my default setting for when I draw male, male characters is square jaw. Yeah. Probably because I started off drawing a lot like Bruce Timm mm-hmm. and I, I still seem to, I can't get away from it. And if a, a guy doesn't have a square jaw, he just doesn't look right to me. Um, for old men and like for other kind of uh, ancillary characters, um, I can draw whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's probably something I should uh, work on.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, uh, uh, um, it's interesting that they chose that look for him, especially when he turns into Two Face, because he's got a very narrow head, mm-hmm. and so making you know, it's that's it's not super. Uh, 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 once the half of his face gets scarred, it's it's not a lot of real estate that they're showing on a on a on a forward right forward view, right. Um, but I think I think he's good in this. Uh, it, they don't really do much with him, mm-hmm. but you get you get a, a sense of his relationship with Wayne, and, and which yeah. is nice and. Uh, yeah. They they I like how they, they go out of their way in the show to show you the relationships, however tangentially, of mm-hmm. the main characters, also the secondary characters and yeah. they just make again they make Gotham seem like a great like yeah. a really alive place. Like
1: a real place. Um I like how they met at the Rose Cafe. Yep. A little on the nose. Again, yeah. if you're Batman and you're looking for someone, just look for the restaurants and toy shops that happen to name the be named off of them. True.
0: Well to be fair at the time he had never met her before. That's so, true, that's true, yeah. That's true. yeah. In hindsight, hindsight, Batman's going to go, Oh, Oh." I see what she did there. (laughs) He'll have that sixth sense moment, but it'll it'll be a surprise (laughs) only to him.
1: (laughs) He was dead the whole time. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, there was one bit at the beginning where uh, Dent is talking to Pam about Bruce. Mm -hmm. Oh, Bruce, he runs with a pretty crazy crowd cut to Bruce running alongside a building with a criminal cut back to well Bruce yeah like they had a nice uh, kind of back and forth that was pretty tongue in cheek but also really funny yeah I'm sure he's hanging around somewhere and there he is hanging off a building or something like that
0: yeah it's a great uh, um, I feel like that's a Something you see a lot. There's always that time where, where you have the character who leads the double life. There's right. always that overlap where like they're late for something. Like Spider-Man. <laughs> they do that in Sp- Spider-Man all the time. Where yeah. it's like uh, yeah. Was it Spider-Man 2 where he's supposed to be delivering pizzas, uh-huh. uh, but he's fighting,
1: I don't know, Vulture yeah. or some shit. Is this when he sings? No, that's the third one. Oh, okay. That's... Oof. <laughs> oof. Oh, I, I thought the um, pacing in this was really great. Yep. Yeah. I thought the animation was really great. Mm-hmm. It looked a little um, anime every now and then. But um, I felt that the, um, most, the main characters were pretty much on-model.
0: Yeah, um, this one and the next one, the, the animation is, is good, but it definitely right. has an anime feel to it. Yeah. And when we get to the next one, we could talk about it more because Bruce yeah. and Tim actually had some, some issues with that. Right, things, right.
1: So. What's interesting to me um, is that even if the, the different studios that they're hiring to animate the episodes, even though some of them are very different than others, the backgrounds are always done by the same people, I think. And the backgrounds really is such a huge part of the show that Mm -hmm. it almost covers up the fact that some of the characters looked a little bit manga.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Those backgrounds, they're just consistently great. Yeah. And uh, it really, like we said before, it really adds to the... It really binds... It brings everything together.
1: Right, right. Yeah. Did you notice when... uh, Bruce shows up he's talking to Alfred on the way home did I notice how fat Bullock is? <laughs> dude he's such a fat ass loves his donuts donuts twice they, they, I like how they looped that <laughs> gag so uh, Bruce is arriving home and Alfred's like oh where are you going? Rose Cafe may I recommend this? and mm-hmm. like Alfred just seems like very anno- annoyingly helpful, and yeah. I thought Bruce would be like, "Alfred, are you okay?" He's not a prick in this episode. <laughs> no, I was, no. I was
0: expecting for him to make some snide comment, but he's right. like, "No, I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm serious. Totally try the question. Yeah. Should really I cancel
1: good. your date with Bambi? Was it?" <laughs> 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 so, if you had to uh, draw a scene in this, what would you pick? Um,
0: I would probably draw. I'd like to draw the first reveal of Poison Ivy, hmm. just because I think that. Costume needs some work. Yeah, uh, and also right. it's not really. It's almost like, if I remember it correctly, it's almost like uh, uh, the old. Uh, uh, excuse me, while I slip into something more comfortable. Scene where uh-huh. she like walks behind a thing and like yeah. you see her put a glove on. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. she comes out. And she's <laughs> Yeah. And in her own mind, she's like super villain, but uh-huh. it's like you just you're wearing you're yeah. wearing a bathing suit nice now. Nice bathing suit. Yeah. Like an evil a criminal. An evil bathing suit. Yeah.
1: Well, the the crossbow on the wrist. Oh, yeah uh, really which is I always thought was a weird addition for her I meant to ask you that what would you have given her if she if she needs a weapon other if. than a wee whacker and some something by Monsanto actually f- that would be a good episode for her <laughs> her versus Monsanto um, but what would you have given her instead of a um, crossbow on the arm I f-
0: for some reason my first instinct is some sort of like bow staff yeah or something that like yeah. you could work into her look by make like a really uh, viney right. staff or something
1: that she can right. fight with. You could, like, weaponize gardening tools. Yeah. Like a spade shovel. <laughs> that might be a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. but it also kind of sexist if you, <laughs> you want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't see her with a gun. I, I don't see her with no weapon. Yeah. I think something sleek and sexy is cool, like when Electra had the, the size. Yep. Um, But the, the crossbow works, I guess.
0: I guess for her it seems weird to me because I always... When I think of poison ivy, I, I always think of the plants are her weapon. Yeah. So it always seemed to me like... Yeah. In my mind, it's always like she doesn't actually do anything. It's more like Batman right. tries to get at her, but the plants are the ones getting in his way That's kind a good of thing. Point.
1: Yeah, she could almost... Instead of having that uh, mechanized um, wrist thing, you could have like a plant there that shoots poison out or different things. Yeah, or
0: something like... Uh, little bit more designy that you know maybe it goes up her arm or something but again hard to animate but
1: or it's like a iron man war machine and it's there's this bush on her shoulder and the bush (laughs) produces whatever gun it needs and it just fires like the predator cannon (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: man what about you what would you what would you redraw or what would Uh, you want to draw
1: I, I don't think I would redraw anything. I would like to. Um, I would love to do a scene where Batman is looking for her inside of a greenhouse. Hmm. I think, uh, especially like a greenhouse at night. Uh, I love drawing plants for, for my art, and I'm not sure how you handle it. I like to just doodle with the quill, and yeah. you get so much freedom. And it, it's There's a shape. It's something. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a rose. It's a vine. Right, right. Uh, and playing with those shapes is always really fun. Plus, to me, um, greenhouses always look like aquariums. In a way, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what it is, but I, I always like that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, uh, they're definitely in uh, an interesting setting that doesn't really get used as much as you yeah. think it would. Yeah. Um, unless you're dropping Catwoman through the top of one, like in Batman Returns, but uh, that's maybe here. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think that pretty
1: much covers it for this episode. Is there
0: anything explicitly that you would that you would change, or like, there's the uh, low point or anything?
1: Um, mm, I think Alfred was a little too friendly and weird. Um, <laughs> well, he's just making up because he's been such a dick to him for the <laughs> he last have, four episodes. Let might have said that. Uh, I, I think Pam could use better motivation. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, what I
0: do like about the way that they handle her is at the end. Yeah. So I think one of the things that's <clears throat> interesting is you get a good villain if you have good justification for their continued anger right. towards what, who, the hero. Right. And I feel like they do that pretty well here. Uh, they, at the end of this, she's in her own mind twisted her motivation to continue to be angry about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like her, she's her capture has not changed her mind at all. It's actually given her more reasons to be mad about the the prison and Batman and all that right. kind of stuff. And I think that's that's really a, a nice touch to add to the to the end of the episode instead right, right. of just you know. Grabbing her by the ankle and making a one-liner while dangling her over acid, like they did for the last two Joker episodes, <laughs> no. or even the Scarecrow episode. There's no by the end of that episode, you have no yeah.
1: idea yeah. What, if he's going to come back, if right. like, yeah. where he's held or anything. Yeah, so yeah. it's a nice cap yeah. at the end. You no, know, I think Poison Ivy has done so well that it, it's easy to pick out the few things that are that bug me. Mm-hmm. When generally she's she's ninety percent there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, um, do you? So, there's two ways to go with her, I feel. Um, One is as an eco terrorist, if you want to go the the political angle and and have her be like a naturalist. And the other is more, uh, I'm crazy and I love plants, to keep it more basic. Mm -hmm. Which would you prefer? If you had to draw a Poison Ivy story, what would you rather have her be? Um, Is it fair to say a mix of the two? Yes. Because, (laughs) yeah, I like the.
0: I always like it when. So, a character like this, I like where they have a, uh, um, a motivation or an ethos or whatever mm-hmm. that's just twisted enough by their craziness. Right. You know, by whatever uh, trauma happened to them that turned them into this villain. Right. So, they, right. They, they, be- they believe that they're right. I mean, that's, for me, the best villains are the villains who believe entirely that what they're doing is the right thing right you know like you know you've got your magnetos and you've got your depending mm-hmm. on how you feel about the joker he kind of gets in there a little bit but he's really more chaotic but, yeah yeah yeah. but those are the ones that really stick with you because i feel like if you can get to a point where with a villain where some point in your story the audience goes
1: you know he's kind of got a point right then you've created yeah. a good villain that's yeah i agree when you make people like a villain that they didn't think they liked yeah absolutely i feel like for me whether she's an eco-terrorist or a crazy plant lady For the sake of a 22 minute cartoon, Mm -hmm. then Crazy Plant Lady makes sense. Um, If you had like a mini Netflix series or more time to do this, like if she was the only villain in a movie, I would really like to see her like join Greenpeace and yeah flunk out because she was too. She's like the ISIS of Greenpeace and yeah uh, that. But that deals with a lot more politics and more research and it's a different kind of story. Yeah, which I love that stuff. But um, one thing I thought of was I wonder um, if she and the other eco terrorist. Rachel Ghoul ever teamed up in the comics oh I don't know that's an interesting pairing I never thought about that before he's more into saving the earth before mankind poisoned it in general Mm -hmm. plants included uh she's more just the the plant angle but I feel like they have a lot in common and where she's more small time he is global he's thinking globally you know yeah poison ivy never
0: really has um that broad of a scope to her plants
1: no yeah
0: and like, if she does it's always like oh well i'm gonna just i'm gonna cover the earth yeah. in, in vines and if you
1: that's, that should fix everything right and, and if you slap her favorite flower she just loses it <laughs> <laughs> all you have to do is like, like
0: her favorite flower which as your wife pointed out they've for some reason let her keep in her cell yeah this poisonous flower that allows you to mind control people maybe yeah
1: that's true it's poetic license <laughs> play you have to be perfect <laughs> All right.
0: I keep forgetting we're watching a cartoon for
1: children. So uh, give me your rating on this, one to five. What would you give this? One? Um, keep in I'm, mind you said it was your favorite so far. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna give this a four.
1: Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna go four as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's the first one that really feels like what the show ends up being. Right. Um, the writing's great. The pacing is great. Characters are great. It's mm-hmm. it's it's all there. It's I, it's not it's not quite a. I, I don't know if I would say this is one I would be like if you're gonna watch Batman, watch this episode, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a secondary one where I'd be like, oh yeah, that that Poison Ivy episode is pretty good too. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yourself? Uh, you yeah, four. 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 I do a four.
1: four. Yeah, not quite a five, but uh, yeah, for all the reasons you said. So why don't we play a clip and then we'll move on to the next episode, which is Underdwellers. Sure. <laughs>
0: all right here we are we're back and this next episode we're going to be covering is the underdwellers which has a story by tom ruger teleplay by jules dennis and richard mueller or miller i don't know how you pronounce those german names (laughs) uh directed by frank power p-a-u-r power poor who knows right he's not listening uh in it Batman traces a series of bizarre robberies on the streets of Gotham back to a band of homeless children mm-hmm. who have been raised to do the bidding of their master the sewer King
1: oh man I uh, I don't know how I feel about this episode yeah I, I first of all I thought the animation was amazing mm-hmm. but then I realized it's not on model yep outside of Batman looks like he's on model but the animation company basically was like yeah yeah we got it we know what we do and it looks like really well done 80s. Anime yep. with the backdrop of Batman, and it's very well done. Especially the water effects I noticed were amazing. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm not sure how Bruce Tim felt about that. Well,
0: Bruce Tim was not a fan of this. Oh, uh, according to IMDb trivia, um, Bruce Tim said this about the episode: "It's Junio's weakest episode." I assume that's the Animation House.
1: Maybe that's a racial term. <laughs> Bruce Tim, huge <laughs> racist. <laughs>
0: We almost, we almost didn't use them after that. It was the first one that came back that really looked totally unlike our show. It was very Japanese. Maybe it was a racist term. I don't know. Yeah. You guys seem to have a lot in common. <laughs> but I'm glad we did use them again. They've done great work. BS and P took a lot out of this show. I'm not really sure what that means. Uh, originally, the kids were to be victimized by the sewer king, but he was not allowed to be mean or torturous to any of them. The impact is watered down. If we were doing it today, we probably would have decided not to do the show. That's interesting. And uh, the director also said it was my first episode as director, and there are still things in it that I cringe at. Usually, when we get an episode, we get to use a lot of discretion and change things. I wish I had been able to spend more time on that script. I found myself going back two or three times to fix scenes. Uh, another because of the uh, there's a problem. The storyboard people who had made things difficult. They didn't quite understand what we were shooting. That we were shooting for a higher standard. So there was always a a constant drain on my time. Uh, The whole opening sequence of the kids playing chicken with the train should have been cut. This was what we had to contend with at the beginning of the season.
1: Yeah, I guess that didn't have anything to do with...
0: Yeah, it was really kind of tangential. Yeah,
1: well, it fit fit um, one of the themes, which is kids. Um, I'm not sure if that's really a theme, but one of the the things that it kept addressing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the reason that I like... I have reasons why I don't like it too, but the yep. reasons I do like it is I'm a sucker for when Batman does things for kids yep. or to help kids. I think that's for um, when you have a budget and you can do, you're tempted to do things like Joker and Two Face to take time with homeless children who never speak for some reason. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for that.
0: Yeah. I know uh, this episode for me uh, would have ticked the boxes of the episodes that I hated as a kid right because it was always any episode that was it's like Worf episodes of Star Trek Mm -hmm. in my mind it's like I don't give a shit about Worf Uh, (laughs) you don't? eh, not at the time I mean he's I like him now but when I remember watching it back then it's like I didn't really care about the Klingon stuff I was more interested in the the Starfleet stuff yeah that's kind of racist Uh, well you know he's a fake race so it's fine
1: he's kind of Mongolian (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway,
0: um, when I was watching the show as a kid, I remember any any episode that featured like a villain that wasn't from the comics and had Batman doing stuff that was not strictly classic Batman stuff yeah. always bored the shit out of me. But right. watching this again now, um, I feel the same way I think as you do. I, I kind of like it. I kind of don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the villain is a total throwaway, Yeah, but I love the story that they tell with Batman saving the kids. That's yeah. a that's a good story. And yeah. again it shows that they're trying to do something different, you know?
1: I like when he uh, before he takes a picture of the kids, he says the word evidence. Yeah and starts taking pictures. <laughs> and then uh, he does As if, the as if we'd think he was
0: like a creep yeah. for taking pictures of yeah. these sick kids.
1: Smile kids. That would have come off the wrong way. This didn't. isn't for me. Yeah. Well it is, but not in the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I didn't understand why any of the kids why none of the kids were talking. And I feel like they could have used the line like he he robbed a uh a uh, what do you call a place where you keep kids with no families. Orphanage? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. He robbed an orphanage of mute children or something, uh-huh. disabled kids, but Well, how do you he, that? Th- there's
0: that one scene where he screams at them about yeah. talking, but you don't get any idea why he doesn't
1: like talking. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You know what? I take it back then. I guess that kind of answers it. Also, hiring a bunch of kids is expensive to do voices. <laughs>
0: Uh, another trivia thing I read actually is this has the smallest listed cast for any DC animated thing they've ever done. There's only four people in the cast for this. Huh. Yeah.
1: It must have been a lonely after party. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they couldn't have kids there. But eh, yeah. That's no, it's eh. getting weird. <laughs> <clears> oh, <throat> um, yeah. Excuse me,
0: I have a... <laughs> um, well... That also brings me to one thing that I actually really liked about this episode is uh, I am a sucker for when they take chances yeah. on not having dialogue and stuff. Right. Like uh, the the first like half hour or so of Wally. Yeah. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh yeah. You know because they sure. they tell an amazing story. There's no dialogue. In yeah, 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 yeah. Sh- and
1: with that short circuit junior. Yeah,
0: and you've got uh uh, uh you know there'll be blood first yeah. twenty minutes of that no dialogue yeah. you know. Be, yeah, up. Yeah, because you can use dialogue. A lot of people, it's kind of like mm-hmm. what we we're talking about—voiceover uh, Voice narration in yeah, yeah. comics. Yeah. People think that because you can have dialogue, you should have dialogue, right. and that's not always the way to go.
1: Yeah, and it's it's tough. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I I when I talk to writers about voiceovers and narration, I just get blank faces. Yeah, they've never even considered not doing that. Yeah, and when you're writing and drawing your own stuff. You can do that a lot more effectively, you know. So I, I question the foundation of using that period. And like I agree with you, of course you can use voiceovers and animation, and you can have a narrator. But if you can take a chance, go old school and just tell it with visuals, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool.
0: And what it also does with this episode specifically is it really lets the music shine.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. that. So Shirley Walker's soundtrack for this specifically. I remember when I'll maybe twice a year, I'll play this in the background while I'm working. Mm -hmm. And this one, I always remember that that cool song of Batman in the the sewers investigating, and you've watched the water trickle down from the street sweeper through the, the, you know, all the way down to the kids. Really nice stuff. And uh, we'll talk about Shirley Walker later because she's one of the more important. Producers of this show, I feel. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get a lot of accolades.
0: Yeah, I think her mm-hmm. and also Andrew Romano, the, the voice casting director.
1: And he's Ray Romano's son? No. Well, I, first it's a woman, I think. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Andrea. Oh, Andrea. <laughs> I thought you said Andrew Romano. <laughs>
0: I don't know if there's a relation.
1: Uh, so, um, I was going to ask you, what are the kids doing for No this idea. Guy? Not, no clue. Farming. Shoveling dirt. Just, or <laughs> just hanging out in are like They're like
0: the... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the the uh, the villager people in Monty Python and The Holy Grail are just stacking clumps of dirt yeah. in the middle of a field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're they're not really doing anything okay. that I could. Well, uh,
1: they're feeding the alligators.
0: They're. I don't know what they're doing underground, but mm-hmm. above ground they're stealing for people, which right. makes sense. That makes sense. But, but then... I guess the sewer king is having them install a pool or something in in <laughs> in, in the sewer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or a sweet cage for his uh, crocodile yeah. alligator collection.
0: Oh man! Speaking of the crocodiles, the scene where Batman is fighting the crocodiles—it's oh brutal. Like he gets he gets one jaw. crocodile by the jaws and like pushes it open. Yeah, he like hyper extends the jaw and the eye in the alligator like opens like it, yeah. it cracks yeah. or something. It's ugh. yeah, it's and creepy. I'm, I'm like
1: did he just murder that alligator? <laughs> and then the next scene you see its tail wagging, so you know it's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. You always <clears throat> you always have to save the animals, at least in my scripts.
0: Oh yeah. Well, it's like they say. Uh, it's like they pointed out in that Honest Trailer of Independence Day how yep. they blow up the entire city, but they save the save dog. the dog. Yeah, yeah same important. thing in
1: a uh, daylight with Stallone. Oh really? The guy's wife gets uh, he she drowns, and then a second later they have to swim underwater, and you're like, how is a dog gonna swim underwater? And they pop up on the other end, and the dog's gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the the wall starts breaking in a big tidal wave just slams into them and there's the dog and you're like yay of course or it happens in some order like that where we're okay with a sweet wife dying but mm-hmm. that dog better be alive by the end oh absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: that's why that's why key, uh, John Wick yeah people work, yep. think that works so well is because they kill his dog yep and then he just goes
1: crazy it justifies all the murder in the world yeah see if ISIS had at least that motivation I might <laughs> understand a little bit because puppies are real that's true puppies <laughs> are real yeah <laughs> that could have been the name of our podcast <laughs> <laughs>
0: Puppies are real the Batman podcast
1: What about uh, um, when all these kids are missing were there any flyers or any signs of all at all of these kids Yeah gone? they didn't go into that
0: stuff at all yeah. um, I think I think the approach on this one is not as good as the last one because mm-hmm. again like I think this one they went a little bit more f- f- even though they're telling a different kind of story it's a little bit more formulaic where it's like villain. His henchmen are alligators. Yeah. Uh, his heist is that he's stealing kids, I guess. Yeah. And Batman has to, you know, it, the the some some aspect of the heist follows him home mm-hmm. to Wayne Manor. In this case, it's literally a kid. Oh yeah. Um, so
1: the kid sees him as Batman in Bruce Wayne's near Bruce Wayne's gun collection. Yeah. Right. That <laughs> does, yeah. that does happen. It does happen. Yeah. So what happened? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I just know if I was Alfred, I would be sick of Bruce Wayne just bringing random kids home. I mean, I guess at this point it's only been Dick Grayson, but yeah. pe- clearly he's yeah. building a Neverland Ranch-style thing in the, in yeah. the West Wing. For
1: the, you know, I <laughs> will say the the bit where uh, Alfred is trying to get a handle on all these kids running around nipping, knocking over vases or whatever is pretty funny. Yeah. In Bruce's line of, uh, I hope I wasn't that much trouble when I was there. He yeah. <laughs>
0: he, he brings... He brings this like feral child home, leaves him with Alfred, and then, like, yep. from the Batcave cave, is just like, Oh, yeah. oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm sure there's nothing wrong there. I feel like the I'm sure rest he doesn't of the have mansion, that kid doesn't have rabies or anything.
1: I'll bet the mansion is a mess because Alfred has too much to do helping Bruce on the radio and you know, doing all cooking his meals. Like, how the hell and raising kids now? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. bet. There's the, the, up the, the top five floors are a mess.
0: Yeah, there's always like that one or two floors that he's like, all right, I'll get to I'm going to get to this tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. And then <laughs> Batman gets shot out of a cannon. Yeah. So he has to like suture him up. Yeah. And the, the whole time he's suturing, he's like, I was going to clean the bedroom today. I know, I know. <laughs> and now I can't take a vacation.
1: That's funny. So yeah, when Batman calls him, you know, Alfred, Alfred, I need blah, blah, blah. You never show Alfred like putting down a feather duster like, really?
0: I just started cleaning,
1: man. You t- <laughs> Why don't you tell me you were going to head out and clean? I
0: can't own- clean the bathroom, Master Bruce, <laughs> because you need four quarts of fucking blood.
1: <laughs> was this the episode where Alfred was sitting in Batman's chair conducting fake... Uh- oh, with the radio? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. What... I like that element, and I thought that radio had a really cool design yeah. for a tiny radio. But uh, why was what was the point of that?
0: I was just hanging out, just hanging out. You know, it gets lonely up there. It's like you know, yeah. one person works downstairs, one person wakes up works upstairs. I'm yeah. sure you can relate
1: to that. Sometimes it's, you just want to hang out with it's each other. True, it's like downstairs, upstairs. Those British uh, docu or like, <laughs> know, like down.
0: If that's not a real. British show it sounds like a British show if that's what they call it Downstairs Down Upstairs
1: is known as a Downstairs Upstairs show oh yeah, that's, that, a that's a term Okay, I
0: was going to say just that name sounds like a British yeah. comedy title or porn this, this t-
1: <laughs> with Heath Leather
0: <laughs> Heath Leather and <in> Downstairs <laughs> Upstairs oh boy
1: uh, it's funny so Scott uh, Snyder who writes Batman um, we were both fans of um, Downton and uh, there's this character named Bates who's kind of the badass and um, He's, he's a butler who's injured, he's a war hero, but he's, he's got some edge to him and mm-hmm. he knows how to fight, but it doesn't come up very much. And in the show like Downton, he stands out as mm-hmm. like the Wolverine of the cast. Um, and one thing Scott thought of was, uh, what if he's Alfred's dad? And there's got to be a way... So Scott concocted a whole story about how Gates was Alfred's father and... It, seemed, it sounded really cool. Nice. And apparently, uh, I asked Scott this, there's really not much of a backstory on Alfred. It's yeah. It's almost wholly unexplored territory. Yeah. Which makes me want to pitch Alfred year one.
0: Yeah, it could be really interesting. I mean, you know, there's so many bathrooms you could clean. Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: eight eight issues, like an issue per wing of the house. That would be that would be great. Yeah. No, but seriously, it, it, yeah, there's a lot you could do there. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how, how weird you want to get with it. Because... Mm-hmm. You could always do the kind of thing where it's like like so the 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 idea that Alfred used to be like an SAS operative or something. I've always been like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But at what point in his life does he go, "You know, <laughs> I think I'm just going to go be a butler."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. When like when he's when he's taking that Black Hawk helicopter over it Afghanistan or something, taking people out with the fifty caliber rifle. Does right. he decide? You know what? I'd rather be cleaning toilets for right, a rich right, person. Right,
1: right, right. What if? Okay. What if he was forced to retire, and um, Thomas Wayne had a connection and he offered him a job. Mm-hmm. And Bruce's first interaction with Alfred. Was Alfred was having like PTSD, waking up nightmares and kicking, kicking walls and yeah. smashing things. And Bruce was like, "Who is this guy?" And eventually, Alfred is saved by. By Bruce, in a way, by giving him something to focus on. Yeah, no, that works. That definitely that would, works. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of Sherlock a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, with Watson, it has the PTSD thing, and and uh, oh, cool. he kind of working with Sherlock, kind of at least in the new version.
1: Do British people get PTSD too? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they have that part of the brain. I think they're a lot more polite about it. <laughs> more chivalrous. They're not like raw, cranky American. It's
0: post-traumatic so sorry disease. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, but no, no, yeah. There's lots. There's lots you can do there with Alfred. Um. <laughs> Sorry, man. it's still funny. It deserves more of a laugh. All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could do the idea that he has some sort of like wookiee life debt with Thomas Wayne, where Thomas <laughs> Wayne saved his life. So now, you know, like the, one of those old style kind of things. Yeah, I uh, like yeah. your idea. Your idea is good though.
1: Oh well, don't nobody take it. Maybe we'll edit this out. <laughs> nobody listens to this. So. Yeah, the Alfred Year One sounds like a joke, but it's like Emmy Award nomination yeah. or Eisner Award nomination. Well,
0: it's what's kind of cool is um, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've seen a few. Uh, the character of Giles is uh, her her watcher, her mentor. There mm-hmm. is very similar to an Alfred type character, where mm-hmm. he's you know kind of like a stuffy Englishman kind of guy. Right. And the best thing about that character in the show. Is they would always hint at this past that he had before he became a watcher, where he was like running with the wrong kind of crowd and was kind of a badass. And and, you know, when he meets someone from his past, they refer to him as Ripper, Mm -hmm. but they never explain why they refer to him as Ripper. Oh, that's cool. And you know, every now and then, you know, like so there's one episode where the, the villain is this guy from his past who keeps referring to him as Ripper, and all the kids are like, what the fuck are they talking about? And at the end of the episode, you finally get him and the friend from. Way back alone. Right. And you see him turn back. It's pretty scary. Like, it's every now and then Ripper will come out. And it's a really nice beat to add to the character who just seems like a stuffed shirt.
1: Is it like um, Dwayne Johnson in The Rundown when he avoids guns the whole time? And you know, eventually he's going to pick one up. And when he does, (laughs) you're like, all right. Kind of. Yeah. It's kind of like that. You want to see him go back to being his dirty self. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then at the
0: end, you know, in that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, basically what he does is, you know, he. He does the thing where he's gonna take off his glasses and, and clean them, mm-hmm. but he's doing that because he's about to start a fight. Right, and then at the end, he you know cleans the glasses and puts them back on. Yeah, yeah that's it's pretty very, cool.
1: That's very Kingsman in a way. Yeah. Too. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the villain for this, the sewer king. What do you, what do
1: you think about him? Uh, another Shakespearean reject. I do. I did like the voice actor. Yeah, he's pretty good. He like that guy could have been the Mad Hatter, or he could have been yep. some of the other Condiment King or whatever. Uh, I liked the voice. I wish they hadn't blown it on this Shakespearean sewer dweller. Yeah, he looks. Uh, the design of him looks a lot
0: like the uh, the Mole King or the Fantastic Four villain, where uh-huh. he's got that like big overarching cape Yeah. and like that like that. 18th oh. century kind of cape yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. big staff and stuff and it's a yeah. similar idea. They live underground.
1: Didn't they? they have that in uh, Incredibles? Mole Man at the end. I think
0: so. Yes, where he comes up out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: So another mole like idea.
0: I think that one specifically was supposed to be a Fantastic Four reference because oh. I think he Mole Man is one of the, his the first Fantastic Four villains. That's right. And, and this that famous f- cover of mm-hmm. the monster coming up out of the ground with the yeah right.
1: And as we know, uh, The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever. Oh, made. Oh, absolutely! It's yeah. it's arguably the best Watchmen movie
0: ever made too. There's right. a lot of overlap in Watchmen in that movie. That's that's just that's a fantastic movie yeah. front to back.
1: It's funny how much how Hollywood gets it wrong a lot. Yeah, but they often clean house on a lot of crappy. Uh, you know, cobwebs that exist in comics, and they, they get rid of the crap, and they salvage the good stuff, and yeah. they they clean it up a, a lot. Yeah. And I think that that was an example of like, well, we'll take what works, we'll get rid of the ninety nine percent that doesn't, mm. and we'll give you you viewers what you really want.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm actually been
0: I'm surprised that they haven't been able to crack the code with the Fantastic Four in a yeah. movie because it seems like it should be, yeah, fairly easy. But I don't, yeah, I don't know I what don't know, it is. Man. Uh, yeah, sewer king disposable he's one. i i don't i don't think he comes back again i can't see him coming back no i don't think he does uh yeah i like the story that they were telling i wish they'd use somebody else for it maybe I don't yeah know.
1: but you know i think to me it was a shame that they used such a uh, talented animation house to create such a half-assed script yeah that not even the writers were really thrilled with yeah you know yeah but what a waste of resources i would have rather um yeah, then be used on a really well written episode that deserves the animation skill. You know. Yeah. So uh, um, unless you have anything else, you want to go to the, the rating. Or uh, well, what would you like to draw? Oh, this? right. Uh,
0: I would. I would want to redesign Sewer King. Yeah. Uh, I think he's pretty boring looking. Um, I don't really know what I would do, but I, he's just he's just yeah. stock. You know, yeah. like literally, like they literally. He even has like an eye patch. Right. <laughs> And it's like, I don't know, how do we make him more interesting? I don't know, give him an eye patch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think you could do something, maybe put a little more more thought into his backstory or something, give him uh, something, a disfigurement or something that, why is he in the sewer? Right. You know, what's keeping him down there? Yeah. Uh, Like, do you remember the Rat King from Ninja Turtles? Uh Uh-huh. He was cool looking, where he was like all bandaged up and stuff. And yeah. He, yeah, that was a cool looking character. Huh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, give him yeah. like a Phantom of the Opera type thing. Why is he spent his life underground? There's,
1: you have no idea. You that's know? a good, um, yeah. If you made him more like Phantom, like he was very classy in spite of being in the sewer, mm-hmm. that would be a nice sort of reversal. Playing with two opposites, I, I, yeah. I should say. That, that, that's an interesting direction. I don't know what I would do to, to fix him. I mean, you need to fix the writing. Yeah. To, Honestly, to you know writing. what I would
0: have done? Uh, uh, not drawing-wise, but I wouldn't have used Sewer King at all. I would have used Killer Croc. Oh, yeah. Because, you know...
1: Yeah, why isn't he there? I
0: don't know. He Like, it reminds me of uh, uh, the Dick Tracy movie mm-hmm. uh, when he goes to the kid's house and the kid's, like, father or whatever is that, like, gross-looking tramp dude. Mm-hmm. And it's like, seems like that to me where it's, you know, Killer Croc who isn't very uh, polished... Yeah. could just by fear or whatever gather this army of kids to right. keep him in food you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know he's already got crocodiles in the sewer anyway so that's that, would, that would be pretty interesting
1: do you think croc is attracted to crocodiles <laughs> only the sexy ones <laughs> alright that's fair <laughs> yeah you sip uncomfortably for your own joke oh I didn't do it I need my water to do it um, if I could redraw something um, I would love to do like six pages of Batman with a, um, or maybe like a, you invert the comic and you do a two page spread from top to bottom and you Ooh, have yeah. Batman at the top going into the sewer cap and you almost do like a Chris Ware type, oh, yeah. play with the panels. Yeah. He's got a flashlight, it's, you know, and then he follows the water down further, and further and by the bottom of the bottom page, he would find the kids finally. Yeah. Like he would, the last panel would be like, huh! and then you yeah. like turn, like, I think that would be a really neat thing to play with. Yeah. Uh, kind of like
0: what David Aha does with Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah, he makes the really nicely designed pages that yeah, are yeah. not strictly comic book. They right. go, yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, that's
1: a very Chris <clears throat> Ware idea. He did this book called uh, Jimmy Corrigan vs. Oh, yeah. The World yeah. or whatever. So. Yeah. All right, so ratings. Um, you go first. Um, I what If I gave it a three, it would be just based on the animation, which is really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I'm going to go two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> That's yeah, tough for me. Uh,
0: I'm going to say three. Mm, yeah, I'm going to say three because I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's better. I think it's better than the last couple we watched. Yeah. Uh, the Joker episode and the Scarecrow episode. Only because it's not... I feel... It, it's tough because the, the Scarecrow episode did stuff well. But this one does different things well. Um, because mm-hmm. I like that they're trying to tell a different kind of story and it isn't just a, a smash-em-grab-em-up thing. Right. Then um, they're having Batman do something different. Yeah. But it's just it's just flat. Yeah. It's the middle yeah. of the road.
1: The last laugh I gave, I think, a 2. And I, I think this is better, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, just, it's not quite an even average for me. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. It's not great, but yeah. uh, it's got some bits that we like.
0: Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for uh, po- Pretty Poison and the Underdwellers. If you like what you listen to on, and you're on iTunes, please give us a rating or a review. That would be much appreciated. And uh, next time, we will be back with POV and The mm. Forgotten. POV
1: is one of the top. Is mm-hmm. it? I don't remember it by name. Oh, man. It's like a, um, it's like a Kurosawa. Um, oh, like a, yeah. Like, like Roshima, yeah. Idea. Cool.
0: Yeah, Looking forward like to it. Spoilers, yeah. All right, thanks, guys.
1: Ha 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 ha